In 2017, I was about to die. I was completely and daily under work stress and working extended working hours to solve the never-ending problems of the projects on my table. I used to have nearly six to eight back-to-back -back meetings almost daily, and the work pressure and problems were to the roof. To the extent that one of my colleagues went behind my back to my boss and told him that if someone didn't interfere now, Muhammad can die from the work pressure. I gained around 40 kilograms, even though I spent most of my life a competitive athlete. I couldn't sleep at night, and when the weekends came, I used to hate Sundays because they reminded me that tomorrow is the start of a new working week. Maybe you are wondering, why you didn't complain? Why didn't you speak with your boss? And I will tell you, I did, but I never got anything out of these discussions. I didn't only speak to my boss, but to a lot of people from the upper management. And I spoke about lots of things. I spoke about the work pressure and the unrealistic projects deadlines and promises that the clients are expecting and more. I didn't only speak about myself, but I also explained that this is totally unhealthy for the other employees and team members and that sooner or later we will lose them. But I used to hear things from the management such as, what can we do? Unfortunately, this is the automotive industry or this is an important project for the company and we must continue or Soon, there will be changes, and everything stayed the same. And then two things happened that changed everything. One day, I was attending a meeting, and after the meeting, I remained in the room with another colleague. This colleague was an engineer that I didn't deal a lot with. So I used it as an opportunity to try to learn about him more. We spoke a little about his role and what he is currently doing, and then I asked him if he selected this role on purpose and if he loves what he is doing currently. He answered me and said, my role is okay. I have no problem with it, but I'm not fully satisfied with what I do. When I asked him why, he told me that as an engineer, he is talented in a specific area and that if he has the chance, he will spend most of his time doing work relevant to this engineering area. And then he told me, let me show you some of the engineering work that I have made in this area on my laptop. I looked at his screen and immediately got impressed. He started explaining to me what is on the screen and suddenly everything changed. His posture and body language changed and his face showed extreme joy and excitement while he was explaining. I was happy to see him switching like this. Then I asked him one important question. Does your manager know that you are talented in this area and that you love working in it? He told me yes. I told him, and? He told me nothing. He said that I should stick to my job description. I was shocked. Of course, I understand that maybe you need an employee to do a specific type of work and to close a gap. But what are you going to lose if you let your employee close this gap while still firing him up and giving him what he or she wants? If your employee is skilled in multiple areas, why don't you utilize these skills and help the employee and the company? Why should you close your eyes and ignore someone's potential because of just the job description? I felt that this is totally unfair. This was the first thing. The second thing that happened that changed everything was that I entered the burnout zone. So not only that I was in a terrible condition physically, but also I started to get bad mentally because of the stress at work. 
So it was not a surprise that when I met my doctor, she ordered me immediately to take some weeks off to recover. And this was one of the best things that happened to me because it gave me the chance to calm down and to think. After a few weeks off and thinking, it became clear to me. I do not want to return back. I do not want to return back to endure such stress again and to hear the same words over and over. And I didn't want to go back to see more people working without a soul because their talents are being wasted. I said to myself, I will not accept that. We need to change something. And if everyone is saying, well, we have to accept the things as they are, I will be the one who will fight to change something. I will not be passive and watch my lifetime running in front of my eyes without, uh, with me just saying, what can we do? Work is always stressful. But I will tell you an important secret. I didn't do this only for myself. And I also didn't do it for the other employees around the world who are suffering in silence each day. I did it for my daughter. I did it for my daughter because I do not want to throw her into a damaged workforce and to let her join a company with a broken culture 20 years from now. If I suffered bad leadership and bad culture, she doesn't have to pass the same experience. And when I'm speaking here about my daughter, I'm using her as a symbol to speak collectively about your daughter, your son, and the next generations. You know, 30 years ago, I never heard my parents speaking about burnout and mental illness. Now you hear these terms everywhere. And I'm really worried about what can possibly happen 20 years from now with the emergence of new technologies. Let us take the 5G, for example. The rollout of the 5G will make the world move with crazy speed compared to the 4G technology. How are we able to handle that? If, if we already struggled and got burnt out with the rise of the internet and globalization because of the speed, and if we are now capable of making teleconferences at any time of the day and with people from any country in the world, and if we are receiving instant emails and messages 24-7, then what will happen in the era of the 5G and afterward? That's what I'm worried about if we do not act now. When I speak with executives and leaders, I usually ask them one important question. This question is, would you like your daughter or son to do your job and to fill your position 20 years from now? I always, always hear the word no. I never ask the leader and he or she said yes or maybe. They always said a direct no. Not only this, but some of them even told me that their families will be super happy if they, as leaders, quit their jobs today. This is alone proof that we know that we have a broken system with old processes and the wrong behaviors that we need to correct and improve, but we are simply ignoring. But the time of, for ignoring is over. We need to act and to act now, and that is why I decided to contribute to solving this problem and fixing company cultures and raising employees' performance in two ways. One of these two ways is through me reinventing the way consultants and coaches collaborate with companies and being involved, and the second way is through this podcast. So let me explain each one of them. The first way is through a methodology that I created after long years of working as a consultant and coach and after serving people from more than 14 countries around the world, from companies such as ABB, T-Connectivity, Roche, Omnicom, Deutsche Bahn, Ferschau, Interpol, Bombardier, Sanofi, and Molex, to name a few. In my methodology, I do not promise transformations and breakthroughs via just attending my training or seminar. My methodology starts with understanding the leader's vision. I talk to the head of a specific department, for example, and then after understanding the vision of the executive and what he or she would love to see in his department, I create a customized plan for his or her department. 
So, for example, I either work with a manager from the team of this head of the, of the department one-to-one -one for a full year, or I work with several managers in parallel, or I work with the team itself. However, the common thing between any service that I provide is that the plan is minimum for a one-year period. During this year, I'm consistently involved with my client and sometimes his direct team members to make changes in his culture and the team performance. And the best two things about my style is that A, I do not have one-size-fits-all. In fact, I do not have a ready-made plan. No, on the contrary, the plan is created and validated while we are moving. And B, I take responsibility for the results. So I do not leave and say, I made my part and it was the team or the person's problem. No, I love being accountable. But what about trainings and seminars? Unfortunately, seminars and trainings do not transform people's lives or change their behaviors. Think about it. Leadership is a behavior. Performance is about behavior. Company culture is formed to a large extent based on the behaviors of leaders and employees. So if you need to change behaviors, you need to focus more on the person that you want to change and to have enough time. If changing behavior is simple, and if you can change it after attending a seminar or training, that any smoker will attend the seminar and become a non-smoker, or any person who wants to lose weight will attend the live webinar and starts losing weight, or even any person who wants to become a great public speaker will attend a two days training and become a good public speaker. Training and seminars give you concepts, aha moments, but your behaviors do not change until you act for a long period of time. Also, trainings can work super well with a new system or software that you want to teach the people to use inside a company because the old software will be removed or deleted. That's all. The funny part is that still trainings and seminars are the best ways for leaders inside companies to solve their employees' problems. This is in case they even consider solving them. That's why until now, whenever a manager faces a problem, they contact the HR department and tell them to help them in booking a training or a seminar. Now, we come to the second thing that I created to contribute to fixing company culture, leadership, and team performance problems, which is this podcast. In this podcast, I will ask you to nominate great leaders who are capable of getting the best out of their teams and created a great team culture. And we will invite them to share how they were able to do that and what their tips for other leaders are. We need to identify and place these people under the spotlight and to hear them. And with this, we do not only learn, but we also encourage other leaders to do more. So I truly invite you now to join me in this journey. Believe that we can change the broken systems and let us do it together. You can nominate a great leader that we can interview here on the podcast, or if you want to do more, you can connect me with the leaders of your company and we can work together on changing the internal culture and team's performance. Or if you are a leader inside a company, just reach out to me and we can discuss together how to move your team forward. And if you cannot help or do any of these things, then listening to our podcast episodes and helping us in sharing the knowledge within your network is just enough. Each person matters and each person that we turn into a believer is a big win for all of us. So no matter who you are, what your title is, and where you are located, you can really make a difference. Start with yourself and what you can do. Do not say I'm still young or I'm junior employee and I cannot do anything. You always can do something. It just starts with believing and that is what I am inviting you to do.
to believe in what we are trying to achieve together. And not only for a better future for me and you, but also for my kids and your kids. Welcome to the podcast.